listeners and welcome back to DVR's Conversations from Isolation podcast. So today we are talking to Nicole and lots of you will know Nicole, she's a big part of the brand and uh, has been right from the beginning. You might have seen Nicole at shows with us, she's on a lot of the pictures because she's also a DVR model and currently you might be joining her dancer size and yoga for horse riders classes that we've been running via the lives. So for those of you that don't know Nicole, she is super amazing and you're going to hear lots about her. Um, but for those of you that do, this is a great opportunity to get to know her a bit better on a different level. So hello, Nicole. Hello. Okay, so for people that don't know you, let's just get a bit of background information about you. Um, not not to do with DVR, just you in general, and then we'll go on to you to do with DVR. Okay, wonderful. Well, yeah, my name is Nicole. I'm 22, and I have been riding horses for roughly 18 years. So horses have always been a part of my life and in my mum's life, so I've kind of brought up with horses from the beginning. I own my own horse. His name is Basil. And my mum and I have shared him for nine years. And he is an Irish sport horse cross Dutch warm blood. I have been brought up with lots of fitness around me and sport. And I took that on as a career. So I am a fitness instructor and yoga teacher. And I'm all about good and healthy well-being. Since getting more into yoga, did you notice that making any difference to your like flat work or any way your horse was responding? Or is that not something you've really noticed because you've always been active anyway? I think I've always had some sort of acknowledgement of how my body moves. It's really important when you are doing fitness or workout or even in the saddle that you're aware of how you're moving as well as the horse. So yes, I know what muscles I'm working and I know how I engage my core abdominal muscles or I know to work through my uh, calf muscles to make sure my heels are down, all these things like this. But then when I was learning more about yoga and the practice of um, the different yoga poses um, are called asanas, it was more than understanding what areas of my body maybe are weaker than I thought. So, for instance, your inner thighs. And when we do a couple of asanas where we're doing a supportive bridge pose or we're looking at chair pose, they're amazing yoga poses that really benefit you in other areas of life or benefit you in the saddle. And then so when I was riding, I was thinking of my weaknesses better and understanding how my body works. Yeah, definitely. And I think with yoga especially, um, the most important part being that real proper core muscles. There's lots of people, when you say core, they think like of doing ab exercises, and it's so important. And I think that's why lots of people are so amazed. I had people after your first lesson on the live, but people were like, oh my God, I thought I had a strong core, or I thought yoga was easy, and that was really difficult. And lots of the poses, when you're watching other people, you think, oh, yoga's so slow, and it looks so easy. You know, apart from more difficult, maybe in flexibility poses, but actually in terms of strength, and that real inner core muscle that all around our vital organs people don't always realize that although you might not be able to see a six-pack on your abs you can have a stronger core than people that do because they're specifically working on that yeah you can just talk about like the superficial muscles and the muscles that muscles that you do just see but then you've got like such deeper muscles and you talk about your oblique muscles which are on the outer sides of your abdominals that's what really helps you to twist and if you know you're working into like cross country and things and you're always moving in the saddle or anything like that you're going to want to feel secure but also your lower back muscles into your shoulders 
everything there. Definitely. Back in the day before I started yoga, I never would have consciously even realised that I was really feeling tight because it doesn't hurt, but you can feel loose or kind of tight. Yeah, it's also to do with your stiffness and maybe even tension where people hold tension in their body. So say, for instance, you're holding the reins in your hands, but you always pull with your arms. But actually, if you sit back and roll your shoulders down your back, and grow from the crown of your head, you're going to have much more strength because you're using larger muscles in your shoulders and your back to support you while you hold on to the reins and hold your horse. People are going to understand different ways to actually look after their body. How are you coping with everything? Obviously, I know, but the listeners don't know that you've just moved house into your first house with your boyfriend, which is so exciting. So congratulations. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, we... um. We literally moved at probably the, the last safest cut-off point before it got more serious. So And they started saying that people weren't allowed to. Yeah, so we literally moved the Monday in the daytime and then that Monday evening it was when the lockdown was like properly kind of spoken about. So yeah, we moved in and that's been really good because a lot of our time has been doing some decorating and I've also been teaching more online yoga as well, meditating, uh, me offering just these free classes to people. I just want to give as much as possible to those that are also stuck at home. Definitely, they're really nice. And where can people find them in case any of the listeners are interested, apart from the DVR ones, obviously? Oh, yeah, yeah. I am on Instagram and it's called Breathe With Ease. And you can find me on there and I just have my timetable up. It's the same timetable every week and you can see all my yoga classes. They're all free, so not having to have a particular amount of fee for every single class top. Um, available to everybody. Yeah, I feel like it's the perfect time for people to really, you know, make the most of that and kind of see if it's something that's even for them because you've got nothing to lose, have you? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, right, let's move on. Your horse is called Basil, so let's find out a bit more about Basil. Okay, so tell us the naughtiest thing about Basil. Okay, so Basil is coming up to being 20, but he still thinks he's about six sometimes, and he likes to be in the field and say hello to all his friends over the fence but occasionally he also likes to join them as well <laughs> he will just be in the field next door or the horse he's next to will be in the field with him so they're a bit cheeky together bit of a pony party <laughs> okay um what is the cutest thing about him well basil's very cute anyway i just think his face is absolutely adorable he is i can vouch for you <laughs> i just love him one of the cutest things is when he eats his breakfast or dinner he always lifts either his front right leg or his front left leg and like bends and like wiggles his hoof around and we always say it's like he's saying thank you right let's move on to your some of your memories so what's your earliest horse related memory my mum bought me my first ever grooming kit and it's all mini versions of oh and it was like in a little colorful rucksack like a mini hoof pick little brush for his mane and it was all minis i loved that also, one of my other great memories when I was younger, I was about five, six years old, and I was doing all the gym corners, like literally doing sitting trot or like rising trot so quickly that I thought I was going to bounce out. So there were some good times. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's do your scariest horse-related memory. I remember my mum was walking with my instructor, and they said, like, for the last 10 minutes of the lesson, we're going for a little walk in the woods. And I remember just walking off, and they were like, right, Nicole, you can trot to the ends of the lane, and then just walk when you get to the end, turn around and walk back to us. And I was like, okay. 
So off I went, trotting on this little grey mare. And then as I turned her, she bolted. And she was like, like going. And because I was so little, I was terrified. I was screaming, oh my God, oh my God. And so I'm now bolting towards my mum and my riding instructor. And they're like, whoa, whoa, slow down. And obviously I... Oh God. I remember it being so fast, but obviously... It probably wasn't that fast. But I remember her just pulling me and going and going and bolting so quick. And I was lucky that they were both there to, like, put their hands out and stop her. But that was definitely one of the most scariest moments of my young riding career life. Yes, trying to pull this horse back. Yeah, I actually thought yours might be your Hickstead fall, but I guess that was kind of quick and... Probably scarier for... Oh, was it Fellbridge? Oh, a Fellbridge. What, what, was that the one where you broke your collarbone, though? Yeah, yeah. Well, I fell at Fellbridge, and then two weeks later, I was at Hickstead. I have to say, I have to say, though, that, yes, that was a horrible fall, and I had this accident. I was going amazingly clear in this show-jumping round, and there was, like, 100 people in my class. So it was amazing, amazing rounds, and I was going over this last jump, and I just don't know what happened, but I think Basil must have just caught, like, the front of his hoof. I don't know, but it it was a really nice big jump to finish and instead of going over it we just went completely straight through it and that's when he rolled and I got catapulted thing is though I wasn't scared because I didn't have enough time to think about it to be scared yeah time to be scared scarier for the people watching probably that one. Oh, my mum was terrified that would be her scariest moment there I am going for the last jump and then Basil goes over his saddle so he could have really hurt himself Obviously, I tumble and I land on my elbows. That's when I dig my collarbone and all of that. That was more of the, the most probably disappointing. If you ask me what's my most disappointing memory. Because it was last jump as well. Yes. Last jump, I was going clear. My time was amazing. He was working so well. And yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's brighten it up. <laughs> let's brighten it up. What's your best horse-related memory? I've got two. So I've got one from when I was younger and one from when I was older. So the one when I was younger was winning a chase with Charlie on a little pony called Katrina. She was ace. So I remember being there and I was, well, there was three of us left in this chase with Charlie and this jump was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it wasn't even like a nice spread. It was a proper just upright, up, like nothing, nothing nice about it and I was the only one on a horse which wasn't my own horse there was two girls that had their ponies there and they had their own ponies and I remember them being really good and I was so nervous and I just popped it over this jump with this Katrina pony and she oh it was amazing she flew over it I remember winning and I that was a really good memory because I remember thinking oh yay I won it wasn't even my own horse and then my other best memory has to be Hickstead has to be jumping there great round beautiful sunny day I was there with Helsham Equestrian Club a lovely group of people yeah it was just it was brilliant let's move on to talk a bit about what you're doing to keep busy with the coronavirus going on okay what are you reading are you reading anything I am reading something at the moment it's called The Husband's Secret I'm only four chapters five chapters in um it's very good i won't spoil it for people but basically the wife finds a letter that says in the case of my death do do open the letter but her husband isn't actually dead he is just on a work trip abroad but she finds the letter and she's wondering whether to open it or not oh that sounds exciting i want to read it now <laughs> what are you listening to my boyfriend and i have been making particular meals so we um, had a pizza night we did fajitas we have been putting on 
food-related music at dinner time. What is food-related music? <laughs> so we'll just say, like, Alexa put on Mexican music and she'll, like, play us Mexican music. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. As in the type of food. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So she'll play us, like, Mexican music while we eat and it just makes it more fun and then it feels like we're abroad. It's almost like a themed night then. Yeah, so give that a try. That's such a good idea. What would you learn at the moment? Is there anything you're going to try and learn? I have been wanting to learn how to crochet. Oh, that's a good one. Something like that, yeah, because I'm not being able to see Basil as much at the moment. I would be spending more time at the yard, but as I'm self-isolating and I'm vulnerable, my mum's been doing a lot of the work and I haven't been able to leave the house, which is horrible. And I'm all about, like, equine therapy and whenever I feel sad or down, just go and cuddle my horse and get out in the fresh air, go and hack the South Downs and take myself away from all human life around me and just be me and Basil. Yes, definitely. Obviously, you mentioned that you are a vulnerable person. Um, For lots of us, obviously, that know you, we already know. But do you want to tell the listeners a bit about why you're vulnerable and how that's affected your life and how that actually got you into riding? Yeah, so I have a genetic respiratory condition called cystic fibrosis and it has been more in the media recently over the last six months than it really ever has been because there's been a launch of a couple of new medications but CF mainly affects your lungs your respiratory digestive system and your immune system so it's a bit of a bit of a kick in the teeth if you get it my body doesn't absorb any fat or nutrients in food uh, my pancreas doesn't really work but my, my pancreas doesn't function correctly and therefore I do take tablets whenever I eat and I do physiotherapy and do nebulizers where I inhale medication for my lungs every day I've chosen sport and fitness as a career choice it's something I'm really passionate about and it in turn benefits my health and I never wanted anything in my career or my lifestyle to hinder my health or something that would make it much harder to live because cystic fibrosis is a a life shortening illness so to me it's always been take life with both hands enjoy everything that you've got around you and especially while I've been riding that's why I've thrown myself off horses fallen gone to shows that I was really petrified about because I've got to push myself to do it really enjoyed my time with Basil and I got into all my fitness and exercise and again that's why I really appreciate yoga and meditation because it brings people to a more grounded sense of their life and they don't then see their life as a crazy whirlwind where they are running at a crazy pace to achieve everything they want to achieve it's a great opportunity to plan things in life but also to take every opportunity that you get given you have always and will always live the way you want to live yeah exactly and it's always good as well you know you don't want to wish what you did yesterday or i'll do it tomorrow because that might not happen so it's always good to do things that you really wish to do or plan so that's why you know I went away and I worked abroad for a while as a fitness instructor and yoga teacher I lived in Greece for a year in total and that was a great opportunity for me to see a different part of the world but also to again be given the opportunity work hard through that interview and then be like you know what I am going to go and to have that support for my family and my mum and everything and 
to say to go and do it was amazing but having CS is like you said it's made me really appreciate everything around me and being able to buy this house and be living on my own and to be given this opportunity to you know talk with you today on this podcast by telling people to enjoy what they have around them really I have never been able to muck out because that is the infestation of bad bacteria and when you fluff up the hay all the dust is another infection that for anybody without CS would be able to fight instantly their immune system would be able to deal with that but if I was to inhale all the hay and the dust it would give me a severe chest infection and therefore I would be in hospital. So there are many, kind of, it's like a domino effect of just being aware in the first instance that I'm then not ill later. So my mum has always said, you go do the poo picking. <laughs> so that was my thing. And as well as that, it was when I was younger and I did own a pony day. That was really exciting, but then I couldn't do the mucking out. So again, they just gave me a different option. I think... As I've grown up, it's sad to say, but CF has become more known because more people have it. And that's how awareness has been grown because it's heard more. Friends, family, social media, fundraising events. I wouldn't know as much about it as only because I know you. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people have said that to me. My boyfriend hadn't even heard of it before he met me. And now, you know, he knows everything about it and helps with my medication and we're a good team in that respect. But... A lot of people only hear about it because they say, oh, my friend had it or my sister's friend had it. Which is actually the case with a lot of different kind of unique... Yeah, a lot of illnesses that are not in the limelight a lot and a lot of people who maybe heard negatively about CF because when I was born, my mum and dad were told that I wouldn't live past 16 and that was just okay. Like, she won't really get into her teens. We're going to live life again every day as it comes. We're not going to think too much about the long-distant future. And now I'm here at 22, and the life expectancy is around 30, 37, I think. Yeah, it's it's changed a lot, hasn't it? It keeps pushing back. It keeps getting further and further away from me, and that's incredible because that's research. That is all down to research and the right medication, the right clinicians and doctors that are being taught best way to look after their patients. And there's so much going on behind the scenes in clinical trials and with new medications coming that I do think there will be a way to fix the faulty gene because it's hard because it's genetic it's not just oh you've got bad luck yeah of course try and actually hit the root cause of CF and hit the actual problem which is your genetics the cystic fibrosis trust is a the UK's non-profit organisation. It's the only big charitable trust that the UK have to support people with cystic fibrosis. And that whole organisation is ran by people fundraising and doing, you know, charity work. And we get a little bit of help from like the, the CF Foundation in America and things. But it's it's all to do with people bringing awareness, but also making it positive. Because when I was younger and I was coming into my teens, a lot of the social media and the Twitter feeds were negativity or sadly we say goodbye to so-and-so that has passed or, um, oh, I'm, I'm on the lung transplant list. And it was all sad, 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 sad. And then you wouldn't, you wouldn't always see the positive news or the people have overcome bad chest infections or they've been in hospital for four weeks and now they're coming out. All those things. And that's why, you know, I started my blog like, 
five years ago, making more of a positive of that. Where can they find your CF page for following that journey? I am, again, on Instagram, but also Facebook as Salty Fitness Yoga. So you can just look that up. And that's where I've combines my fitness and my cf because when you have cf you have more salt in your system and then when you sweat you have salty skin hence salty fitness (laughs) yeah which is which is actually really interesting because lots of people don't know that and like you know you mentioned the girl who wished to meet me and everything there's that's one thing that's really tricky um, about cf and that's why social media is amazing as well because due to cross-infection, people with CF cannot meet in person or they can't be in the same room together, etc. So that's why, again, social media is incredible because you're able to share your path with many other people. Yeah, which actually I said that to her. I said, oh, it's such a shame that obviously like you can't see Nicole, but actually it worked out well because obviously you guys couldn't meet anyway so if anyone is listening like I was saying um parent or person with CF like if it's a parent with maybe a younger child and they really want to get into horse riding or they're already into it and they maybe parents aren't horsey themselves and naturally might feel wary about the idea have you got any advice for someone not horsey that maybe wants to introduce their children into it just that it's okay basically yeah I would definitely say that you can prevent many things and just to be open with the riding school that you're going to like straight away just saying my son or daughter does suffer with a respiratory condition I want to bring them here for the benefits of physical exercise to horse rides to be around animals however there are a couple of things that they are will a couple of things they will be unable to do so many people have way more understanding now of people's health conditions and even more understanding of what cystic fibrosis is that i'm sure they'd be more than happy like i know a couple of riding schools around where i live and they would all be happy to support and help someone like that. I mean, horse riding is incredible. Like, you know, you're getting out of breath, you're getting your heart rate up, you're in the saddle for half an hour, up to an hour, up to two hours. And it's fantastic because you're around animals as well. So I would say give it a try and just be honest. I'm just thinking about air quality. Would you say then it's actually better to look for a riding school that's uh, that's outdoor school rather than indoor school? Definitely. Sometimes I'd feel the dust in, in the indoor schools. All the riding schools I've been to, well, they're all outdoor riding schools anyway. They're, the school is outside. But yeah, being outside is the best thing for anybody, especially anybody with a respiratory condition because you're getting that fresh air. There's no air pollution and it's just a lovely atmosphere. Yes. Okay, so that rounds off episode six of conversations from isolation thank you so much nicole you're an amazing guest thank you for having me and we'll just quickly mention that we mentioned it before but nicole is your amazing instructor for dance size via our facebook lives at 5 p.m on tuesdays from facebook and then friday mornings at 10 from the facebook live we have yoga for horse riders you can't make it at that time you can also watch them later on which is great just go to our facebook page and then onto videos and you'll find them all there so we hope to see you at some of those and yes thank you nicole